ladies and gentlemen welcome back to a whole new episode of full seam ahead i'm your host zoe with my partner across on the other side mr Cantu. how are we feeling my man astros oh, are oh, oh. aos champions Whoa. Gotta, you know gotta celebrate with the team so i'm, I'm gonna cover it up so it don't get fine but <laughs> it's just a can of water everybody yeah, so don't, don't let's not be dramatic back there Pop, but pop in the can. Yeah, pop. And that was that was sexy. That was very nice right there. No, yeah, but hey, it was it was it was a it was a long journey for the Astros. Um, it could have been a lot easier, but they you know injuries and inconsistency. But at the end of the day, they got the result they wanted. Definitely. I mean, they go to Seattle and take two from three against them. Then they go to Arizona and then they sweep the Diamondbacks. We had that discussion that, honestly, I didn't think you were going to play for the West. There was a chance. There was that small chance that we were talking about. But you just wanted to make sure you got your ticket punched into the 2023 postseason. And the Astros just said, nah, we, we want more than that. We want the American League West still and be able to get that uh, number two buy and that number two seed in the postseason in the American League. But, Angel, keep it going, dude. Give me that one word. Describe this series. And that are basically our one word for the regular season, the last time. You know what? How about instead of a word, I'm going to do a phrase. Shout out to the Mariners for <laughs> being spoilers because they could have easily said, you know what? We're, we're playing our backup, you know, show, you know, but it's what everybody else got. But no, they threw in Kirby Yates. They put in their full squad and, you know, and they beat the, beat the Rangers. But to, you know, I guess to describe the series, it was a pitching like the pitching was exquisite. It was, it was perfect. And we're like about to talk about that right now. But and I also want to talk about a little bit of like 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 I'm not I'm going on a tangent here, but I, I kind of want to talk about that celebration the Astros did a simple toast, you know, because they have bigger and bigger plans while the Rangers and Diamondbacks celebrated, you know, which I mean by all means go ahead, right? But it's just a, that's just the Astros with experience and knowing that they have bigger goals in mind. I think that came to show in this series. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that here in a minute. It's going to be a short episode, not that too long. Everybody, of course, recovering from the weekend. Um, so we'll have our shout outs. We'll give our thoughts on the AL West, how that was won. Um, also, who do we want to see facing the Astros when it comes to Saturday, the, the following weekend? And then we'll give out some Astro team awards um, to some of the players and our thoughts and our opinion. But like you said, dude, I mean, shout out. We'll start off with our shout outs here in a minute. But like you said, shout out to the Seattle Mariners taking three of those games against the Texas Rangers. Because remember, Seattle had gone to Globe Life Field and they got swept in Arlington. So the Rangers come over here to T-Mobile Park. And I mean, they were almost swept by them as well. But real quick, shout outs. And I forgot too that that is not Kirby Yates. It is George Kirby. Oh, oh my God. I keep I, I keep butchering that. It's like the Got to put time. some respect on that guy's name. He was yeah. on my fantasy baseball. Uh, shout out to you, though. You did win the league on fantasy baseball. Oh, I did. First place back. winner. Congrats. Yeah, back to back. You will maybe we'll see if the Astros can do that for the first time since I believe the 1990 Yankees. So start with our shout outs, Angel. Go ahead. Lead us on, man. Well, starting with the first guy, Lorenzo caught it. He said it last week. He was like, I expect Jose Arquiti to pitch, and there was. Now, it kind of gave me some Brandon Bielag vibes, so how he found out he was going to pitch. So, JP France was in line for that. He was scratched due to a family emergency, so we hope and pray his wife is okay. 
But he didn't know he was in a pitch until Josh Miller physical texted him. I believe it was that same day or um, maybe over the night. But he came in. He said, I, I, I want to start in spot in the rotation. He goes, I'm tired of the bullpen because he threw six innings, two hits, zero earned runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. He had 70 pitches and 41 strikes. How so? How huge was that start for him? You're for the team, man. Man, it was it was very huge because we didn't know if the Astros were gonna. I mean, we didn't know this whole situation. JP France with the family emergency, um, like you said, prayers and hopefully everything's all good with them. But the fact that they needed somebody to start quickly, and Jose Arquiti, sure enough, answered the call and he he said he was ready mentally and physically prepared for this this game against Arizona. And for him to go out there pitching seven, six innings of two-hit baseball, not giving up at least one run, that, that's pretty magnificent stat line right there. And then plus 70 pitches. Think about it. He could have gone maybe an extra inning, but Jose Urquidy hasn't started a game since, I believe, August when the Red Sox were in town at Minute Maid Park. So credit to him for being able to come up and be ready. I do want to say this. Do you think... Game three or game four, if the Astros advance, you know, into the ALDS to the ALCS, I'm already thinking ahead, but Jose Urquidy possibly matching in one of those starts. Could be. Now, I'm a little debacle here because I can easily see the Astros putting like a Lance McCullough, Charlie Morden type of rotation. I mean, like maybe a mm. Javier Urquidy or Urquidy and Brown or something like that, but that bullpen's been pretty good. So, um, I do see maybe a kid coming off the bullpen a little bit more, but it'll be, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to him having a starting rotation, like being in the part of rotation. Yeah. And I mean, but what do you ask me about Jose Arquiti? How big was it? It was huge because the Astros did need to win that first game of that series. And it, and then on the other side of it, it was Zach Gallon that was pitching for the Dimebacks. It, it was a pitcher's duel in this, in this game. I honestly didn't think it was going to be a pitcher's duel between Jose Arquiti and Zach Gallen. You, you, I mean, pretty sure everybody in baseball would know that Zach Gallen is probably going to have the upper hand because he's been really good at home. And we had through his stat line at uh, Chase Field, I believe it was what twelve and two with a two forty five ERA. So yeah, very huge for Arquiti to come in and help the Astros, not just the team, but just his confidence. I'd say as well. Yeah, and that just shows how great the Astros are because in that situation, many teams would have panicked and throw a bullpen game, you know, because, again, mm-hmm. that was when I started. The other shots aren't ready. But that's just, again, that just shows how stacked they are. Like, that when that happens, they have Brandon B. like a triple A can call up or they have Rikidi in the bullpen who can easily throw it, like, you know, former starter who can easily throw a start. So, like this Astros lineup is pretty blessed in that regards, and you know it showed because again a huge start, confidence booster for sure, and he's just been really really good. And again, off the bullpen kind of shaky, but now he's more you know like I feel like starting is where he feels more like more comfortable and it showed. Mm-hmm. But speaking of pitchers duel, it was back to back pitchers duel with Justin Verlander versus Merrill Kelly and. Justin Verlander did not falter. He had five innings pitched, two hits, zero on runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. He struggled. He did struggle a little bit with command, but ended up, you know, the Astros still 
he still helped the Astros get the dub, and that was that for Verlander. But I'm gonna when I talked about Christian Javier, I want you to notice the trend that you know we're about to go because starting pitching was a really big part coming into this uh, series, and we kind of talked about how it, it has to show up. And yeah, I'm, I'm about to read Christian Javier starts. So I want you to notice something: six innings pitched. Three hits, zero earned runs, zero hit, zero hits, two walks, and four strikeouts for Christian Javier. We know about his struggles early on in the season, right? Where mm-hmm. in um, give me a second. In April, March, and May, his ERA, his April and March was three three point four eight ERA, and in May was a two forty ERA. So you know, he, like I think he was tied for the Astros and wins at that time. He only had about a few losses, and then something happened in June and July where it was a completely different Christian Javier. In June, his ERA was 5.79, and July was 6.86, and in August, it was 6.17. Now, baseball reference uh, doesn't have it up to date yet. Right now, it has his ERA is at 5.11, but after this start, it would be at a 4.83. So a lot mm-hmm. lower than, you know, but the reason why I said that is because I want you to know it's a trend, right? It was like really good, really bad. And now it's, it's coming in a downward slope where it's going really good. And yeah, he did have a loss in there, but I'm not too worried because if you look at this game logs, he pitched well against two playoff teams. Mm-hmm. It was the Baltimore Orioles and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he, like he struggled with the I think with the Royals, or it was the A's Royals, one of those. But two postseason teams, and he pitched great. So that yeah. you know, that gives me no confidence boost coming into the season. So overall, he did lower his ERA from a 4.73 to a 4.56. Do you have anything to say about Christian Hummer? Um, Not really. I mean, like you were saying, his splits. Um, I do see he had a – he has three loss – as a as the starting pitcher in September, which is really crazy, but I think he he does get the win in yeah. the game against Arizona. I'll say this: I'm not going to say nothing negative about Christian Javier because I think this is a confidence booster for him. But against Arizona, he did not see I'd say the tougher competition. He did not mm-hmm. see Corbin Carroll. He didn't see Christian Walker. But like I said, this could be a confidence booster for him going forward into the playoffs. Now. Do you recognize too when he pitches? He's not wearing high socks no more. Oh, I didn't even know this. It's not. It's not even a big thing to be honest, but superstitious kind of thing for me. Yeah. I, I'm a. I'm a. I'm big on superstition, and now he's wearing long pants. And ever since he's gone to these long pants, dude, I, he just looks like a different Christian Javier. But uh, before them two starts against, I mean, before this last start, the previous one against uh, Seattle, I mean, like you were saying, he pitched well against. Baltimore, which is hey, obviously the number one team in the American League. And then plus, I mean, he, he's looked really good. As KC, he gave up three earned runs five uh, in five innings. I, I consider that still good, giving up five hits. It's just the command. If he gets his command, you know, in place, then the Christian Javier from last year in 2022 is going to be coming into play in the postseason. But Christian Javier, just this whole month, it looks different. He looks like his confidence is more um, – it's it's going – like he's more aggressive. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like 
he, the fastball, that invisible fastball that everybody says, you could see that working. His command on some of the games looked better, it looked sharper. The slider looked like he was breaking more. Uh, the curveball as well. Things like that. That's just going to make him better. And we've even said it ourselves. If the Astros are going to make it a deep run into the postseason, Christian Javier has to be on his A game. He's going to be the X factor of that starting rotation. So how big is this for El Reptile? I'd say this is huge because now think about it. You're getting this whole week off mentally preparing yourself, getting a physical break as well, playing 162 games coming down to the wire. I think it's going to be perfect on, you know, for the rest of this playoff run, hopefully for Christian Javier. Yeah, I think although the Astros have been not so great at home, I think winning the division was a much needed mm-hmm. for, for the Astros. Again, like you said, they, they get to load days off the bullpen, the starting pitching, everybody just gets to unwind. They've got to play better at home. That's the, yeah. that's the only thing. But an unsung hero in Arizona. Without Jose Abreu, the Astros may not win those first two games. Because Definitely. it was the Jose Abreu show. And like we said this before, it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season, what you do in the postseason. And if Jose Abreu can continue that, oh boy, that that lineup just got a little deeper. Because Jose Abreu was 4 for 11. He had two doubles, one home run, five RBIs, and a walk. He hit a 432 feet double against Gallon and according to Stack has would have been a homer in thirty out of thirty pop part, which is kind of ironic because it hit that yellow line. Yeah. I don't a, know how you don't see that. Like and it was okay, if it hits the yellow line or just above it, it's it's considered a home run, obviously, right? No, not if you hit the yellow line, because technically if there was like no space there, it would have hit the yellow line come back. So it has to be like over the yellow line. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when I just the dimensions in Arizona, but I mean, he, again, he could have easily had two home runs, but he finished the season with 90 RBIs of the season. Now it wasn't up and down season. You had Astros fans, you know, saying the Astros need to get rid of Jose Abreu, start somebody else, get somebody else, but season's over. Right. Season's over. What do you think of Jose Abreu's first season as an Astro? I don't think it's been disappointing. Of course, there's ups and lows obviously for some of these players. You're going to get the best and you're going to get the worst. I'm looking at his stats from the years with the White Sox and this guy strikes out a lot, dude. I mean, I didn't think he was a big strikeout kind of guy, but in 2014, 131. 2015, 140. 2016, 125. Uh, minimal after that them years, but then coming back to 2021, 143, 22, 110, and in 2023, it's uh, 129 right now. But I don't know if he got a strikeout in the last game of the series. So this guy is going to be swinging no matter what, which is a good thing. But the batting average, too, which I think everybody in the beginning of the season, before the season even had started, everybody was excited about him. And for sure, you know, for me, I was like, good. This is a this is really an aggressive move that the Astros did because I didn't personally think that they were going to go get Jose Abreu. I honestly thought they were going to maybe sign Guriel to a one-year deal and kind of lean on some of the, you know, the farm. But Jose Abreu, is still you're still going to get the best out of him. 
he had a great month of September to, you know, go off his splits real quick. Six home runs, 26 RBIs. He did bat 226 as average. He had 22 strikeouts in the month of September, but 26 RBIs, this has been the most productive month that he has done in a Nationals uniform. Gives hope and optimistic as well when he's going to his first postseason with the Astros. This will be his second postseason ever because in 2020, I don't think the White Sox had made it, but in 21, they did. So honestly, that is a quiet 90 RBI season for him because obviously you got guys like um, Bregman. You got guys like Tucker, Alvarez. Bregman had 96 RBIs. Alvarez is riding in the 90 category as well. Tucker finished the season with, I believe, 112 RBIs. And nobody's not giving love to Jose Abreu because all he does is strike out or ground into a double play. But by all means, when you look at the numbers shown right there, you're kind of like, wow, this guy, he, he had a pretty good season. He, he beat his uh, home run from last year. Last year, it was 15 home runs and 75 RBIs. He played 157 games. With Houston this year, he played 140 games, 17 home runs, 88 RBIs. He did hit a lot of doubles last year for the White Sox. Like it was like really half of it from this year. He hit 40 last year with the with the Sox, 23 this year with Houston. But with Jose Abreu, he just has to be in the moment. I think that's the thing with him. When there are players in scoring position, he has to do a pretty good job at it instead of leaving those guys on. He has a good uh, resume this season with runners in scoring position with two outs. I think his average is almost over 325 or 330. So the production for him, I'd say this year in the Nationals uniform, you know, it was up and down. But at the same time, too, he, he did his job. And that's getting these guys in some way, somehow. I think everybody was kind of hoping 300 batting average Jose Abreu from the White Sox because he did bat 304 last year with them. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to think about it. You're you're aging too at this point. Not everybody's gonna age like fine wine, but Jose Abreu being able to put up 90 RBIs with a lineup like this, I think, I think you got to be positive on the outcome what he's done this year. And I just want to note something. This was when he was in the White Sox. In 2018, he was an all-star. But he was an all-star, but it was a down year. Because in 2017, he, he, bat three, he hit 304, 33 home runs, 102 RBIs. But in 2018, he only had 22 home runs, 78 RBIs, and he bat 267. He was still an all-star, but a down year for Jose, Jose Abreu at that time. So mm-hmm. guess what he did the following year? He got better. You know, I'll be at here, man. Yeah, he was still he was 32, a little younger, but he came back and hit 123 RBIs, 33 home runs, and bat 284, and was an All Star again. So, what that tells me is that you know he's a trooper. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he's not satisfied with the season he's had so far. So guess 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 what he's going to do in the offseason? He's going to work. He's going to work and get better. Yeah, I know at 36, you know, going to his 37th year, maybe the body's not there, but do I expect a, a better RBI perform like a better batting average performance for Jose Abreu next year? I do. I honestly do. Now maybe they, yeah. are, are the homer numbers going to be you know is, like is he going to hit thirty again? Probably not. But if you can get twenty home runs, ninety RBIs from Jose Abreu in your lineup, the solid. Yeah, and you got to look at it too. I'm looking at 
His OPS plus. This is the lowest he's ever had on an OPS plus. Everything has been over a hundred. And uh, the lowest, the yeah, and even his regular OPS and the OPS plus his lowest before this season was one seventeen. This year with the Astros, it was eighty five. Mm-hmm. OPS, like you were talking about too, the lowest he's gotten was eight twenty, and that was back in twenty sixteen. This year, six seventy two. That is that is pretty like that. That's pretty horrible. But at the same time too. Like you were talking about, when you see the regression he did in one of those seasons, the next year he's working and he's gotten better numbers, and that's why I, me, I'm agree with you. I'm, I think honestly he's gonna get better next year. Now this is his, it'll be his second year with a team. I think he's gonna improve. A lot of the guys love him being on this in the clubhouse, and you could tell every. I don't know if you watched the post game after, uh, you know, after the Astros had won, he slid. In the clubhouse, because of the obviously they have a tarp, but because I mean, this guy is what 10 years in the big leagues and he's this is his second postseason. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then plus two, I mean, this guy's a true hard worker. Every time you go to, um, or every time you look at social media, for instance, this guy is always working, he's the first one out there, or one of the top ones out there doing work on the pitching machine or, you know, the coaches throwing BP to him. So I honestly think he will get better next year. It's just Astro fans just really expected it right there and then for him to get going. Then, you know, obviously with Yuli Gurriel. Yeah. I mean, and it's a big change too. When you spend what, nine years with a ball club, like, yeah, yeah. like it takes a while to get comfortable, but again, just like real quick and just think about Justin Verlander. With the Mets, look how that season was going. It wasn't the best. So, but, and he got better at the tight end too. So, again, I guess we're both in agreement. A better season for Jose Abreu. Scum, you heard it here first. So, when he has another All Star game, you know, come back to this podcast and, just, you know, just say we caught it. That that's not even if you're not even listening to it. You should be listening to this podcast. But, yeah, Jose Abreu, not worried about. I, I'm, I told you, I told you here for me, I said this guy was going to be my X factor going into the postseason. I think he's going to have a huge contribution to this lineup whenever um, the Astros play in the ALDS. But enough Jose Abreu shout out because that was a whole segment just for Jose Abreu. My gosh. But uh, real quick, let's let's give a shout out to that bullpen because the Astros bullpen has been magnificent throughout this um Throughout being on the road. I mean, Phil Maton, two innings, no hits, no one runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Hector Neris, no. two and two thirds, one hit, zero earned runs, two walks, one strikeout. Like Angel said, that dude is a dog. Um, yeah, th- and I mean, he always fires everybody up. So you should see how that goes. Brian Abreu, one inning, one hit, zero earned runs, zero walks, one strikeout. He did get his fifth save of the season, Angel. I know we had a topic of that in the last podcast about Brian Abreu and, you know, his future maybe being in a closing role. But as of right now, this guy is doing a great job in the role that he's at being, I would say, in a hold kind of thing, not the setup man, but more of a holder position. It's kind of flipped between him and Hector Neris, but fifth save of the season. He has thrown 27 and two-thirds scoreless innings. That is tied for Dave Smith. 27 and two-thirds in Astros history. I thought it was Ryan Stanek, but now, uh, getting clarification and going back to the research, 
it is Dave Smith. So tying that in the franchise history, that's pretty good and remarkable. And then last but not least, you cannot forget about Ryan Presley. One inning, one hit, one run, a zero being earned, no walks, one strikeout. So really shout out to the whole guys for playing 162 grind baseball of this whole season. I mean, th this was one of the toughest seasons I think seeing at least seeing from a fan perspective that the Astros had it a grinding out since 2015. And just think about it, 2015, they did the same, they were in the same situation. They they clinched the last game of the season at Arizona, too. That that's pretty cool. But um, real quick, I mean, let's give our thoughts on the AOS division. Like you were talking about the Astros on game two of that Arizona series, just, you know, just open a bottle of champagne, I'd say, and just lifted their glasses up and say, congrats, guys. We can, uh, we clinched at least a postseason spot in for, you know, for the 2023 playoffs. That's not the goal. The goal is to get the AOS. If we, you know, if the Astros do get it, then obviously they don't get it. They got to go the wild card. But if they do, there is that small chance, that small probability that they could win the division. And sure enough, second game of that series in, um, well, actually it was a third game of the Mariners series and Rangers. Mariners won game three. They went in there celebrating, you know, by all means. That 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 is the first time the Rangers have gone to the postseason since 2016. So by, by all means, you know, celebrate. But like you were saying, Angel, in the beginning, the Astros kind of like, okay, we've been there, done that kind of situation. We have bigger things in mind. We see bigger things, you know, eye on the prize, tunnel vision, all these things that we want the AOS. We're, we're not settling down for a wild card spot because we truly want and we believe that the American League West is ours to take. So sure enough, game three happened. Seattle, like you were saying, George Kirby pitched, you know, remarkable. Same thing as the bullpen over there in, in Seattle. Rangers couldn't get nothing going. They put up a goose egg as it was a 1-0 game. Did you see how they lost that game, though? I think it was on a fielder's choice, correct? If yeah, I'm it was a, th a little throwing error by Josh Chung. Well, it wasn't really a throwing error. He just meant, didn't throw it exactly at the plate, and you know, they didn't give a chance. They catch a chance to uh, make the play. To tackle. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... It just shows you right there how important to you got to beat your divisional opponent in the regular season. Because right there, if the Ash, if the Rangers would have won, you know, against Houston, then obviously the Rangers take the AL West. Now think about that: if the Rangers would have lost and got swept, Seattle would have been first and won the division. And the Astros would have gone the wild card, and then the Rangers would not even be in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah, but like, is that mama mentality? Job's not finished for the Astros. So, like you said, they have bigger, like, bigger fishes to fry. So, yeah. So, what do you think, though? I mean, give me your thoughts of the Astros winning their six out of seven years, the American League West. Give me your thoughts. What do you, what do you think of this season compared from the you know from the others? Well, let me give me my thoughts first. It was, it, it, I mean, it's a dynasty. It's a dynasty. Like mm -hmm. if the like, but I feel like the dynasty is already like there just because they won the second World Series uh, last year. But 
again, like it just goes to show that these guys have a, like that dog in them, and that I feel like they can overcome anything because, and that just comes from posting the play because again, like you said, the Astros haven't been here in a while. Like they haven't been here since 2015. So easily, like, I think could have been like, oh man, like we never been here. Like you know, like we need to get it together, and I can like maybe try to be perfect, and that leads to like mental errors and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. no, nah, they just kept it cool. They know what they can do. They trust the guys in there. And like you said, they win a division. So again, that just shows how mentally tough this Astros club is and how experience matters is what, um, it's what I got. But, but what's your second question, sir? So what, what do you think about this regular season? Just overall? I think it was what much needed. I think it was much needed for the Astros to have a little bit of perseverance to oh like 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 some perseverance and like some obstacles to overcome because if you look mm-hmm. at that other side, again, the Baltimore Orioles are great. Yeah. Like like whoever you get, Twins, you know, starting pitching and or that offense and Rangers are gonna be tough. Or if they make it to the World Series, you know those Braves are coming in hot. You know those Dodgers are coming in hot, right? So I think it was much needed. I think it. They they've been playing baseball, uh, playoff baseball since you know the start of Arizona. So having that little um, obstacles just and like being able to overcome them just prepares you for even bigger obstacles. So I think that's my thought on that. I think it was much needed for them. Yeah, I mean this regular season from the start from the get go, you lose Jose Altuve because of the WC injury when he got hit by a pitch Jordan Alvarez missed a couple I believe what maybe a month due to uh I, I think it was a hamstring injury Michael Brandley the whole season I mean this guy was no one really thought if he was going to be able to play this season or not starting pitching Luis Garcia out for the season Tommy John Lance McCullers couldn't get uh good healthy enough so he had to get surgery Jose Arquiti as well he was injured a lot of things, a lot of obstacles. Luis Garcia. Yeah, Luis Garcia, like I said. Oh, I mean, just a lot of obstacles that they had to overcome through. And it just shows you how resilient this team is. No matter how you know difficult they're going through or the obstacles or um, you know the challenges that they have to face, especially this last part of the season going on the road. You had to go over there and take two win the series at least against the Seattle Mariners, which that was their first time being back at home um, because they were on the road. Then you had to go to Arizona, who's fighting for a wild card spot and trying to get their way and their ticket Clint, uh, ticket punched into the postseason. So credit to the Astros this season. I mean, it just showed how much you had to get out of them. I think this buy really helps them now, you know, to just prepare and get ready for for this long stretch, this, like I said, this could happen. The Astros could win a back-to-back world series and it hasn't happened since the nineties, 2000 Yankees. So yeah, it's going to be a very exciting. And then the next topic real quick. I mean, who do you want to face in the ALDS? Because like you were mentioning, you got Minnesota, their pitching's pretty good. Their hitting's not bad. Uh, the Toronto blue Jays as well. They got a bunch of superstars on that team. You cannot, uh, you can't say that they don't pitching's not bad as well. Tell me, well, I mean, the ALDS, who would you rather face? I think you just answered the question there. I think I I, read, I, I think the Astros would rather take their chances. Well, I, I feel like the Astros don't care, right? But mm-hmm. like realistically, I feel like the Astros would rather take their chances 
with the Minnesota Twins because, like you said, the Toronto Blue Jays, yes, they're the wild card team, but they play in a tough division where you saw the Rays win uh, over 90 games, the Blue Jays, I'm sorry, the Orioles win over 90 games, and mm-hmm. the Yankees were hard in the beginning. So, again, it was a tough, it was a tough uh, division, but like you said, they have a ton of superstars and with experience. They have George Springer out there, Jose Barrios, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, you know, and the list goes on, right? Yeah. And they haven't really had a good year, but playoff changes. I just look at the Phillies last year. Like they have a wild card yeah. team and perfect got, example. And they got hot at the right time. So the but that could easily happen with the Blue Jays. So hopefully like Hopefully the cards are right. That Minnesota uh, pitching kind of cools their offense, and it'll be Minnesota versus Astros series. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'd rather face Minnesota. Um, I, we did ask everybody on X, who would you rather face in the ALDS? And we have about 83% that said the Minnesota Twins, 17% being the Toronto Blue Jays. And you, I think you roll the dice and try to face a better. I mean, the Astros have done great against good pitching. Luis Castillo, Zach Gallen. I mean, yeah, two runs. That, that's not a lot. But at the same time, too, if you perform on the other side of it, if your pitcher performs really well, then and then the bullpen that you have right now, by all means, everything's going to go your way. But Minnesota, I just feels like the offense isn't a juggernaut compared to the Toronto Blue Jays. The pitching, though, on the other hand, the starting pitching, it's not bad. Sonny Gray has had a good season. Pablo Lopez has probably had one of the best seasons in his career, uh, being traded from Miami to Minnesota this year in that crazy trade for Luis Arise. And then, John, uh, not John Gray, but um, Joe Ryan. I mean, he, he's been an unsung hero for them. Bailey Ober as well, which I don't think Joe Ryan's really an unsung hero. I'll take that back. He, he's done really well. Um I think this is his sophomore season, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he's done, you know, he's done a good job, but I'd rather take my chances. If I'm the Astros, I'd rather take the chances facing Minnesota. Uh, They do have experience, too, over there. Uh, Carlos Correa being one, Christian Vasquez being another. But at the same time, too, it's a very young group. Royce Lewis, if you have the bases loaded, let's just make sure Royce Lewis is not at the plate for the Astros uh, when they're pitching. Byron Buxton, if he can't stay healthy, which I don't know if he's going to be playing. And that's a huge question. That is a huge player Minnesota needs. I'd say yes. And and then plus Correa. Correa is dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis. So, I mean, you. I think the Astros would rather face the Minnesota Twins, but at the same time, too, with Toronto, I think it'd be... I think I think the competition with Toronto is better, more experienced. And I think it'd be a dogfight compared to the Minnesota series. So, yeah, so it says that for Byron Buxton, there's I don't think he's going to uh it's it's unlikely that he'll be activated for the playoffs. Man. On that end. And I said this if he's healthy, this guy could be an MVP player. Oh, yeah. He has the ability. Yeah, he has the ability. And then I know Royce Lewis is on the 10th ADL as well. Oh, yeah. I forgot he is on the IL. 
Yeah, so I mean, this is a beat up Twins team, so and then I could easily be advantage Blue Jays, like you know. But. It could be, but if the crowd in Minnesota shows up for them, never know. Yeah, and again, at the end of the day, I don't think it matters to the Astros. They just got to play better at home, yeah. because for the like, like if it would have been the AO wild card, uh, they would have had more away games. And the way the season gone, maybe that's maybe that's where they're comfortable wearing those gray uniforms. But it was a division, which I think that's what they wanted to be, anyways. But it's got to play better at Minimum Park. Our last topic before we get with our Astros uh, regular season awards. Kyle Tucker, 30-30, dude. Almost 30-30. Right fielder overran the ball, went over his head. Kyle Tucker went all the way around to third. Stutter stepped a little bit after rounding third base. Uh, One of the guys threw it to the cutoff man. He wasn't aware, so Tucker quickly turned, went home. It was ruled at first a triple and a fielder's choice. Later in the game, they gave it to him as an inside-the-park home run. Following that, they did, again, they ruled it a, I think it was a, it was a triple error, or triple fielder's choice, one of those. So, so right now, Tucker doesn't have a 30, was a 30-30 season, but, but, Brian McTaggart did just uh, ran up something really good about Kyle Tucker being the second astronaut in franchise history, potentially to get that 30-30 season. Tucker is petitioning that home run, well, the triple, really. Mm-hmm. And quote from him, from McTaggart's article, he says, I mean, if it's a triple right now, then yeah, I am going to petition. He should, by all means. There was no, the ball didn't touch no one's glove. There was not even a fielding error. There was not even a throwing error. This man does deserve to have that 30 home run right there. And that was one of my hot takes. And right now it's not looking too good. But what did you, what did you think about all that, you know, overcoming? Like he had it, he didn't have it, and then he had it again, and then he didn't have it again. Like, what do you think about it? I feel like that's just kind of – it's unnecessary. Like if you already fixed a mistake already, why – Unfix it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, in my opinion, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be biased, but I think that's a home run. Like, mm-hmm. for, for me to, like, for not, like, like for it to be a triple, I would say the runner has to come to a complete stop. Like, say, like, he, he, the player's at third, he stops, looks at the play, and then goes. That's, mm-hmm. well, to me, that's a triple and a throwing error. But when you don't lose that stride, that's, that's a home run, like, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree, like you said. Then there was no throwing error. There was no fielding error. The guy caught in his mitt when it was thrown to the cutoff, man. Yeah. Where's the error? Or where's the, you know, quote-unquote fielder's choice? So, I think everybody's going to start a hashtag on social media and say, you know, 30-30 Tucker. Kyle Tucker deserves 30-30. Some, something like that. Which I, I think, honestly... If he does do the petition like he said he was going to do, he I believe he does get 30-30. Second Astro in franchise history. But moving on to our last segment, Astros regular season awards. Who's going to get that Dundee, Angel, which the office usually gives out, but we don't give out Dundies. We give out regular season awards, which it would be cool to actually make an award. But I don't think the Astros players would want to take it. 
<laughs> anyway, first up on the board. Already. Yeah, right. I mean, they're they're putting that award next to like let's say for instance, Jose Altuve. If he gets an award from us, he's gonna put it right next to his 2017 American League MVP. <laughs> but let's start off with our first one. Offensive player of the year of the regular season for the Astros. Angel, who you're going with? Uh, I think Jordan Alvarez isn't hurt. This would be a, a pretty good debate, but I think it's Kyle Tucker. Again, almost 30 30. He has 111, 112 RBIs now. He has uh, 161 hits, 5.3 war this season. It's, it's, it's no question about it. I think the offensive MP is Kyle Tucker. I like it. I do because he did, he did really. He hit really well this season. Uh, yeah, September, not the best month from him, which Astro fans are really hoping that he changes it when it comes to October, when the postseason, but well-deserving. I'm going to go with Jose Altuve. Yeah, he didn't play, you know, the majority of the season. He played like about two-thirds of it. But my gosh, dude, 311, 393, 522 uh, as a slash line, a 915 OPS. That is insane. He hit... Uh, 17 home runs, 51 RBIs. Last year, he had 57 RBIs through 141 games. Wow. 90 games this year, he had 51 RBIs. That's how important this guy is to this Astros lineup, and really for the whole franchise, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's well deserving for him. I think it's well deserving for both of them. But Jose Altuve, I'll say this: he did have a career season, even though it was short. 400 career doubles, uh, gets the cycle for the first time in his career. Well deserving from him. And this is, I believe, his 13th year in the big leagues. I could be wrong. Or 11, 12, one of those. Well deserving guy to get it. Anyway, starting pitcher of the year, Angel. A lot of nominees out there from starting pitching. You know, you could go with Christian Javier, Framber Valdez, Jose Kitty. You know, all the guys we could go down the list. Justin Verlander as well. Who would you give your starting pitcher of the year to? You know what? How about J.P. France? I know that was a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, rookie. He had great numbers this year. He was 11-6 and six with a 3.83 ERA. If you can stay in the three ERAs the entire season. No. Millionaire right there. Um, he had a 1.64, and his changeup was very effective. Um, like, his changeup ranks in the 92 percentile. On baseball savant, which is elite. Um, he had a, I'm sorry, he had a seven run value on that changeup as well. So again, whenever it's positive, that's it's a good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign. So yeah, I mean he he was really good. I think he I think he carried the Astros for a good part of this, like that mid part of the season when they couldn't get anything from the rotations. He was very consistent, and yeah, he like I think he might have mm-hmm. gotten like some rookie. Um, jitters towards the end where you know he had to make that adjustment, but overall, the Astros may not win the division without JP friends. Yeah, definitely well deserving because I mean, all those injuries that we had said earlier on the show, he came up and stepped up big. Um, Dana Brown saw something in him too, brought him up, did a fantastic job in his first season in 2023. But for me, I'm going to give it to Fernando Valdez. Okay. This man struggled the second part of the season. I'd say 
And, you know, you got to think about no one really, you know, obviously everybody's focusing on the last, you know, part of the stretch of the season. But in the beginning, I mean, Frambois was doing pretty good. April, 291 ERA. May, 218 ERA. June, 273 ERA. So after the All-Star break, of course, you know, we did talk about you, you think Dana Brown and Dusty Baker tell him you couldn't start the All-Star game as, you know, as the number one guy. You think that could have, you know, get him going? Uh, maybe it did. Maybe it did mentally because July, he just had a horrible month. 729 ERA in the month of July. But a little bit, he starts getting back into his groove. There was some starts that weren't the best, but he did throw a no-hitter after the trade deadline, which is really big because now, like, the Astros lead – Major League Baseball with the most no-hitters, which is really crazy because it feels like the Astros have thrown a no-hitter almost every year combined or just from a starter. But August 367, uh, September 386, like I said, before the All-Star break, he was unstoppable. He had a 251 ERA after the All-Star break, just a different frame of all deaths, 466 ERA. But to finish strong, yeah, he didn't have the best start. That well, The last start of the regular season wasn't the best from you, but hey, you're most likely going to be on the mound for game one of the American League Divisional Series. So props to Framber from sticking it from, you know, from the awesome beginnings, but later in the early, you know, later in the struggles and then finishing off on a high note and being able to, you know, I think he had a 345 ERA. Does he get a Cy Young votes? I don't know. I think he will, but not top three. I'd say maybe top five, like last year, top six. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a deserving award for him. Yeah, I think if he doesn't have that little shaky uh, start after the Oscar break, it could have been a shoot-in for the um, Cy Young Award. Definitely. Since we're still on the topic of pitching, how about relievers all around? Reliever of the year for the Astros in that bullpen because the bullpen, we've said it. I mean, we sound like a broken record, but then them guys down there are pitching their butts off. They're pitching their tails off. Fascinating job all through the Astros bullpen. So give me your reliever of the year for the Astros. This is actually kind of a tough one for me because that was between two players, and you have the other one that was between. So I'm not going to say it, but how about Brian Abreu? I think well deserved. Like you said, he has that 27. 2.2 innings, innings pitch, innings scoreless streak going, and I believe he can. He has a chance to break it next year. I think like, those guys carry on for mm-hmm. the following years. He has a chance to break it, but he's been good. He's been great for the Astros. In March and April, his ERA was 0.63. In May, he had a little bit of a hiccup, 4.09 ERA, but after that, he was lights out. June, mm-hmm. 3.55 ERA. July, 2.19 ERA. But Lorenzo, this is where it gets mighty good in august zero era he only had six walks nine strikeouts only allowed five hits in the month of august september zero era that was 11th pitch he only allowed four hits and he struck out 14 in the month of wow. september so back-to-back goose eggs is for the era which is where you want to be as a pitcher right and to put that even more in perspective of how great he was, right? In the first half of the season, his ERA was 2.72. Do you want to guess the second half? Give me a 0. 0.56. 0. 0.31. 
ERA wow. second half of the season. And he that's did, good. That's very good. So I think he's been great. Again, he did, like just mentioned, he had five saves, but overall, um, he had five saves, but overall, he had 2.54, 3-2 record, and 1.75 ERA for Brian Abreu, and that is your Astros reliever of the year. That's a great one. I, I really like it because he's done a fantastic job. Like you said, he's setting he's setting records over here in the Astros history books. But I, I'm going to go with Hector Neris. Like you were saying, if you weren't picking one, you are going to pick the other. So I got the other, and that is Hector Neris. He's done a fantastic job being this Astros bullpen since last year, I'd say. This is his second year. Uh, third year, I think, is going to be a club option. Or no, no, a player option. I, I could be possibly wrong. But the Astros for sure had two years of Hector Neris guaranteed. Last year, 372 ERA, 6 and 4 record. Um, he did have a 205 opponent batting average. This year, I mean, Hector Neris was lights out. 174 opponent batting average, 6 and 3 with a 171 ERA. Ever since putting this Astro uniform on, Hector Neris has looked like a different guy. Of course, all the vibes and the, the energy he brings into that clubhouse just makes him much better for this bullpen, I'd say. But. When you got a guy like that that's going to play his butt off and yell, yeah, yell for some of the reasons, but some too, just the energy and just the emotions. It just, you know, you're fired up. You struck out one of the best players in the game. By all means, Hector Neris is the guy, I say, the reliever of the year. So there could be a debate, but both those guys are well deserving, to be honest. And I, and I could even really argue that Hector Neris kind of saved the Ashes. In that Mariner series with that energy, like you know how mm-hmm. you were saying, like moment complete momentum boost to win that series. Yep. So enough with the veterans, though, Angel. Let's let's get on with the rookies real quick. Had a lot of rookies come into this season. Um, Hunter Brown being able to play his first full season. Yiner D has the same way. Uh Ronel Blanco had some stints with the Astros in the beginning of the season. JP France as well. Give it to me. Who who's that young buck that you're gonna give this rookie of the year to? You know what, Yanni Diaz. He has the second most most home runs for Nationals rookie in their history. He also tied for most rookie uh, most rookie home runs as a catcher as well with 14. And learning out of, learning from Mati Maldonado has paid off because he also has caught stealing. Like has caught a lot of batters stealing. Like he has a high percentage of that as well. Um, but he, in, in, all in all, he has a hundred hits, twenty-three home runs, two eighty-two batting average. That's great. A two eighty batting average is yeah. amazing. And just to give you a part of his monthly spits, he you know, he got near the in the beginning, wasn't getting too many at bats, so he kind of struggled a little bit. So March and April, he had a two fourteen batting average. In May, 235 batting average. But once you start getting that daily consistent time, it's 300s after that. In June, 310 batting average. July, 264. But in August, 302 batting average. September, 300 batting average. So, you know, I, don't, I think I think he's the Astros for the future. And he had a great, you know, honestly, I think he would have could have won rookie of the year if he had more consistent playing time. Um, yeah. In the Astros lineup, but again, he was he was pretty good. Yeah, you can make an argument for that. To be honest, I think every Astros fan out there could make that argument too for Yiner Diaz getting more consistent at bats as well, being in that DH or being in the catcher's role. Um, but he he's done a fantastic job. 
eighty. What he played eighty something games. So just imagine one hundred sixty, like one hundred sixty two. The yeah, home runs a, could go up. He had uh, he played one hundred and three games. Uh, 367 plate appearances. Yeah, I'd say I agree with you. I think he is the future for the Astros in that catching position. Um, Just have to see what happens after this year, which we'll talk about in the offseason. What's the plan moving forward? Because Martin Maldonado will be a free agent. But real quick, I'm not going to even waste the breath over here. For me, it was JP France. You, you said it all right there. When somebody, when the Astros needed somebody and Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, all these guys started to struggle the second half. JP France kind of was consistent. And yes, there were some games that he got roughed up, but at the same time, too, he'd bounce back the next start. And that's what's so, you know, unique about JP because not a lot of rookies out there after you get hit. Like, I mean, for, you know, nothing against Hunter Brown, but Brown, after like each start, I mean, you were expecting a better outcome for the next one, but just never did. JP France. Looks back at the tape against the Red Sox. Okay, bam, goes to Fenway Park, pitches a great game. The same thing with uh, with Texas. Gets roughed up over there in Globe Life Field. Bam, comes back to Minute Maid Park and pitches a very well-deserving game. So I think for him and his baseball IQ, the way he's learning through, you know, like a future Hall of Famer and Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez, who's probably going to be a Cy Young winner one day, but not I don't think this year, it's just very positive to see because the future is bright. Look at next year. Next year, you're going to have France. You're going to have Verlander. You're going to have Valdez. You're going to have McCullers Jr. You have Garcia, Hunter Brown, Jose or Kitty. Yeah. This starting rotation next year, the depth that the Astros have is very promising. It's going to line up really well with the Texas Rangers because the Rangers too, that their starting rotation is going to be really good next year too with Scherzer and uh, DeGrom. But we don't want to talk about the Rangers. We're talking about the Astros baseball. Last but not least, Angel, Astros MVP of the regular season. Who do you got? I kind of already said it. It's be Kyle Tucker. Again, I think without Kyle Tucker, the Astros might not be in this position to win a division because, again, you had injuries to Ronan Alvarez, injuries to um, Jose Altuve, Abreu not playing well in the early half. Bregman, you know, it, I've had some hot streaks and cold streaks, and but a a good consistent like a great consistency in that Astros lineup was Kyle Tucker, and like again like I'm not gonna say the numbers because I already said it, but Kyle Tucker is my Astros MVP. Love it because I I think it's like I said it's a well deserving guy. This guy's thirty thirty. Astros got to find a way to lock him up. I'm gonna say that for for sure. Yeah, but you know, for me. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I could have gone Jordan Alvarez. I could have gone Jose Altuve. Even Kyle Tucker, too. But I'm going to give it to Mauricio Dubon. I love it. Mauricio Dubon deserves a lot, and I mean a lot of love from the Astros fan base. Because without him, I mean, that first part of the season, no Jose Altuve. Who's going to be your leadoff hitter? Jeremy Pena was thrown in there. Yeah, and second baseman as well. Altuve, uh, not Altuve, McCormick was thrown in the leadoff. Uh, Pena was thrown in the leadoff. Someone was, Dusty Baker was trying to figure out who's going to be his leadoff hitter until Altuve returned to the lineup. Mauricio Dubon stepped up big time. He had a 20-something game hitting streak. Remember in the beginning of the season? I remember. I mean, this guy, honestly, he could have got some all-star votes, which I honestly think there should be a utility 
position in the all-star game voting, which this is another debate for another, not a debate, but you know, another topic for the off season, but Mauricio Dubon, just going back to him, what he's meant so much to his clubhouse, the versatility, this guy can play multiple positions, second, third, short. He even played first for a couple of games. I'm pretty sure he could play catcher too, but I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody kind of figures out that Justin Verlander's personal center fielder is Mauricio Dubon, which by all means, I mean, if it is his and, you know, go ahead. But Dubon's, I mean, think of that Mariner series real quick, Angel. The first guy to get the Astros on the board with an RBI single in that second game or the first game, then game three, he has a three run homer to left to put the Astros up for one. Well-deserved guy, I'd say, for the Astros MVP award. And he also had that walk-off win when the Astros, I believe it was like a one-zero like one game or something like that. Oh, and, against Baltimore. Yeah. Again, all of those put like put all those things together. One little misstep, uh, 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 like, like Dubon doesn't win that game. The Astros easy easy lose the division, like or yeah. easy don't make the playoffs. So this is what happens when you trust a guy. Like you know, I, I agree with you. This, like this was a career year for. Dubon, most home runs he's had this year. Best batting average he's had his all career. So, and the most at bats he's gotten. So, when you trust a guy, you put him out there, good things happen. Yeah. Frustrating situation in San Francisco for him and came to Houston. Think about that trade. Parker Mashinsky, or it was the catcher. I can't even think of the guy's name, to be honest with you. Like who, who, who he was traded for? Yeah. Well, I, 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 he's with the Parker Mashinsky is a pitcher. No, he's with the Astros right now. Yeah, it's a man, it's a similar a similar name. I would say I I can't really put my tongue on it, but getting traded for a guy that didn't even stay in the Giants organization that long either. Mm-hmm. Classy move by Dana Brown in his first year as GM. He's oh, been, he's done I a really it. good job. It was a uh, Michael. Papirski. Uh, you see, it had the it had it had the SKI in the end, the ski part of it. Oh, you know what? I can't help with two great no, names uh, for that Ted. Uh, what, like, have you seen that Ted scene when they like name? Yes, names the, the ski. The go, ski. Yeah. yeah, two more you can add. <laughs> <laughs> the Astros had two of them. Let go of one, being Perpinski or what? What's his name? Yeah, Papirski, something like that. Something like that. And we don't have the Google Translate right now. Not the translate, the the pronunciation. Like last time, we were trying to figure out the other guy's name for the Diamondbacks. But well-deserving for Mauricio Dubon. The the season he's had with the Astros, the role now that he plays. The Astros have had some good utility players from Marwin Gonzalez. I'd say, you know, set the foundation for this position for the utility role. It turned on to Ledmus Diaz, and now the torch has been tossed. Or really, you know, brought to Mauricio Dubon now. What about Chris Burt? He was a, he was a great utility. Oh yeah, he was a utility player too. Shout out to him. <laughs> Had that big home run. That that call from Milo Hamilton always gets me. But that is if our show, everybody. Dang, Angel, I did not think this was going to be an hour show. To be honest with you. Yeah, honestly, I saw the outline. I think we had like what. 
three, four segments. We didn't have a lot going. And I mean, we just, that's the beauty of this sport. You just talk baseball. We're just giving you the best content that we could do, especially about the Astros and their 162 games of the season. But appreciate y'all sticking around for the regular season. Of course, we got you for the postseason. We're your number one source for postseason baseball for the Astros. Uh, continue to follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter or X, uh, especially on TikTok. We did get a new subscriber on YouTube, so shout out to you, whoever it was, to get that number uh, to get to 30 to 31. That we're still trying to grow that number as well on YouTube. FSA Full Seam Ahead on Instagram Threads. I'm pretty sure we're still the only ones there, but hey, we're gonna be out there for the rest of the time being. And then of course our platforms are are podcast platforms google spotify apple wherever you get your podcasts go give it a rating give it a like give it a five stars uh leave us a review let us know what we're doing good let's let us know what we're doing bad we love hearing feedback we want to get better at this of course being our second year well my second year angel this is his first year doing the podcast but Cantu, you got anything else before we sign off for the regular season no just thank you it was a you know Thanks to Full Seam Ahead for bringing me on. I enjoyed every podcast, even though some were like days where it's tired, you know, yeah. long. But hey, we pushed through it. Thank you for all the fans out there for listening. Again, we do this for you all and to get you the best scoop in, in baseball. And we told you some big things were coming this season, and they were. We merged with our scheme and we brought this. Uh, this our audio podcast to the webcam so you know thanks thanks for all of you yeah i think it's just gonna get bigger and bigger when time moves on but of course we won't have a podcast till maybe friday friday we're looking into recording thursday night for friday to have one out for the preview of the alds game one if it's going to be the toronto blue jays or if it's going to be the minnesota twins so Make sure y'all stick to that. Maybe, 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 maybe a giveaway. Oh, okay. Maybe. Celebrate that, um, you know, that clinch for the Astros being able to get in that postseason once again for the seventh straight time of the year. And, of course, getting the AL West. But until then, Angel, we'll talk later. We'll talk to y'all later, especially our fans out there. Appreciate y'all sticking with us. Y'all stay safe. Have a good start to your week. And we'll talk to y'all on Friday. Peace.